Well, welcome everybody to the Saturday afternoon edition of Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. Did I say Saturday or Sunday? You totally did, but I was about to correct you, but I'm like, you know what? They don't know any better, so we'll just pretend it's Saturday. Well, it's Sunday. I have a bit of a headache today, which might be why I'm I'm not sure what day it is. Um, anyway, we've got we've got plenty of stuff to talk about, so I figure we should just we should go right into it. Um, I've done I've done the unimaginable. Yeah, I was going to say we should start by explaining your new purchase. Um. So once it was related to me by a friend that I'm halfway between a technophile and a curmudgeon. That sounds right. Yeah. Because there's some technologies that I totally geek out over. And then there's other ones that um, I'm like the old man. Um, the fa- I don't know. The fabled old man would... What do they say about him? He throws rocks at people and he complains about things all the time. And Doesn't like people stepping on his lawn. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that, right? No, I think you and I, I don't know. I, I'm going to relate the curmudgeonness solely to frugality, which is something you and I share. Yeah. Anyway, I've been – what I'm trying to say um, in a very elaborate way is that there's a lot of technology that people are using these days, especially with the, the tablets and the mobile phones and the smartphones – that I just have no interest in. I just, I don't believe it. That's the thing. You say you don't want a phone that does more than just your your phone does. You want the simplest of simple phones. Yeah. But, but imagine, imagine a phone that was so much more. It's like a nightmare to me. Those kinds of phones. Why? Um, well, okay. If we want to get into it, there's one of the reasons. It's kind of uh, dual faceted. So one side of it is that. Um, when I'm like going out and about in like real real life, I don't want to think about virtual things, and I don't want to have like like I just want to be in real life doing real life things, and I don't want to be tethered to technology. I I can certainly appreciate that, although I am a slave a bit to my phone. Yeah, and I and I do see that, especially people who have the smartphones, like they're constantly on that shit. And I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to diminish my experience of real life being tethered to technology. So that's one thing. Uh, The other side of it is that um, there's just – no, it's the same thing. Now that I think of it, it basically comes down to the same thing. Okay. Um, So so what is it that changed your life so recently? Well, so what happened was I actually ended up getting a Nexus 7, which I'm – Continuing to take great pride in the fact that it has no cellular capabilities. Yeah, I don't need that in my tablet. Yeah, I'm so there. I convinced myself that I wanted it because um, I, I noticed that I was I used to be an avid reader and I'm like almost reading not at all anymore. And so I also noticed that I had a whole bunch of PDFs and other other kinds of reading materials that are not in conventional reading form. Uh, that I wanted to read, but I'm not reading. So I'm like, mm, well, I'm also really bored at night when I'm trying to go to sleep and I can't sleep. And there's all this stuff I want to read. And I don't want to read this on the computer because, I don't know, it's just something about reading when you're sitting down that is unpleasant to me. When you're like at a workstation, right? Uh, so this way I can like read in my bed or like lounge around on the couch or like... Um, God forbid, go out of the house somewhere and maybe read in a coffee shop, perhaps. Yeah, that could happen. Right? So this is this is why I got this tablet. And um I will I'm probably not really intending on taking it out much, but one of the things that I'm late to the party at, um that uh now I can enjoy is all the myriad games that you can get for Android. Yeah, and this is Sort of was funny because you got it for reading, and then when I came over yesterday, first thing I saw you doing with it was playing a game that you said you'd been playing. Actually, only you'd only just finished downloading, I guess, but you spent a day downloading it. Yeah. So there's wow. There's like there's a there's a couple things. There's a whole lot of things I want to talk about here. So before we get into the actual game, some of the games I've been playing themselves. Um, I want to discuss the insanity that's happening on the app stores. And this is not iOS, but I feel like the same thing's happening on iOS, even with my naive understanding of iOS. 
Okay. Well, I'll let you know. I think I'm right. So anyway, you can interrupt me if I'm not. It's been said that if you make like an iOS or an Android product that you will not make really any money at all unless you get into one of those top 25 lists. And I spent a lot of time digging through the the store. It's the Google Play Store on my device. And it really dawned on me why that's true. And it became also like incredibly like obvious to me why that would be the case. And the reason is because the interface to browse and buy apps on here is even more rudimentary than any of the console stores. It's more rudimentary than what you can do on the 3DS eShop. It's more rudimentary than It's PSN. worse than Nintendo's online experience? Yes. It's worse than all of them by far. And the reason why is because you're basically the, – the interface that it gives you is – incredibly stupid in that you can basically do one of two things more or less you can look at one of the top lists right one of the top 25 lists you can browse that way um or you can search for some some word that you already know right and now you can go through categories and stuff but the problem is is that when you go through categories like oh i want to i want a uh i don't know i want a racing game so i can go to the racing game category for example right even if you go there, you get to see like the top list, and you have absolutely no facility to kind of like browse in different ways that might be interesting to you. For example, on the 3DS shop, you can say, "Oh, I want to see all the games that are like two ninety nine to five dollars or something like that." Right? You can filter according to some criteria, and the other on on, the, on all the other console stuff you have ways of filtering and or browsing that can give you a more complete picture of like what's available and also like what i'm interested in right i this, don't know i i think they're most of the online stores are bad i don't know if too many they are bad. a lot of filtering they they are bad but i know the, the 3ds one at least gives you that filtering capability right and my my point is that if there's if you have a vague idea of what you want you can narrow down the kinds of products that you're interested in in all these other game stores much more easily and efficaciously than you know, on on these tablets because really you're you're mostly dependent on having thought like you have to know what you're looking for already to find it otherwise you're basically browsing the top 25 lists and this is reflected in how games are selling because the games that are the apps that are selling are the ones that are on the twenty top twenty five lists because that gets paramount visibility and it shifts the visibility away from every single thing else. It's completely broken. Yeah, I don't know how much you use Netflix, but uh, it's it's similarly horrible. Yeah, Netflix. You, I'm glad you brought that up because it's almost exactly the same if you go like Netflix on PS3. Same bullshit because you get to browse through a very limited number of featured things. And then if you want to find anything else, you have to actually t- search for it by, yeah. by name. What I don't understand is why – and this this hits me more often than – well, I guess because I have Netflix and I get stuff for free, whatever streaming on it, right? right. So I search that more often than I do Marketplace on Xbox or, or iOS or something. Um, but some – first of all, you're right. A lot of filtering doesn't exist. But specifically – Filtering by release date is like my most requested or most desired feature. Yeah, I think it would be mine too. On Netflix, I want to be like, you know what? I don't want you to show me movies from 20 years ago because I don't want to watch Tom Cruise in his underwear in Risky Business. I want to watch something that came out in the last three years with explosions and stuff, right? Like that's – I should be able to search – by by release date, yeah, of a well, movie we should, or by a game, we should right. be able to search according to these requirements for apps too, and for for games on on these mobile things too, and we we can't, and it's it's just it's so shocking to me. Like, why are the why is the interface to this so bad? It's literally set up so that only the if only the only the games that get into those preferred positions sell, and the rest won't, and it's completely, I mean, it's completely jacked. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking, let's say it had all the filtration I want. It might uh, lend itself to that richer get richer, poorer get poorer situation even more so because I'd be like, 
I only want to see games that have at least X number of reviews and have a certain rating. So like at least 500 reviews and four out of five stars and came out in the last six months. Right. But at least then that's your choice and you can narrow down to that choice. Now it's like we don't have the choice. We are all just looking at that list. That's we're just looking at that same list. And there's. It's, I'm just I'm I'm beside myself. I'm just so shocked. By the way, how, this... how bad? Like the most important interface on these devices is this store. Is how you get this product, and it's the worst interface. It is. It is surprising. iOS is not. I, I haven't played around with Google Play ever, but iOS isn't horrible. It's it's pretty bad, but it's it's not absolutely worthless one of my developer friends the ipad is really hard to navigate yeah they described it as like there's the app the app store the apple app store is stuck in like 2004 according to him yeah but he's i don't know how you feel about that he's also a developer isn't he yeah yeah well developers are always going to be upset because their stuff isn't going to be previewed as well but i um i do wish that you could do a lot more filtering that would be very nice um and it's it's unfortunate. What's weird is for Google, there's more than one app store. And that's weird to me. This is I did notice that there are some apps that are basically new interfaces to an app store. And I'm just thinking I'm just gonna go ahead and say it if it's not blatantly obvious. Like there's just this incredible business opportunity for somebody to actually make a meaningful interface to the app store. And I don't see anybody doing it and it's it's just crazy. It's just crazy to me. All right. Well, I guess we're going to hear more about your new Android plaything when we get back. Yeah. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Our Facebook page, by the way, is uh, Facebook slash, what is it, Chatterbox Video Game Radio? I think it is. Chatterbox Video Game Radio. The website, however, is chatterboxgameshow.com. You can email us there. You can leave a little comment on the Facebook. Um, people have been commenting lately. That's been nice. Very good. Uh, it's, it's good to see fans out there. Still haven't updated the website to link to the Facebook, but you can find it at uh, slash chatterboxvideogameradio. Also, I want to remind everyone about uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. They, they uh, keep the lights on, so to speak. Ooh, there's something I want to announce. You just reminded me of what's what's that? Um, UAT does this thing called Tech Forum. I guess like once or twice a year they do. Yes, and uh, I just found out that I'm going to be speaking there, and it's going to be this Friday. It's unfortunate that it's on a weekday, 11:30 a.m. Yep. And but Tech Forum lasts an entire weekend, doesn't it? I I'll just take your word for it. Maybe I think it does. I'm not 100, percent but I think it does. Um. I should let any, anybody know who actually is interested and has the means to get there. Um, because I found out about it with such late notice, I'm going to be preparing absolutely nothing. It's just going to be conversation about whatever, whoever is there, whatever they want to talk about, that's what we're going to talk about. I would recommend you come with a couple topics up your sleeve. Oh, I'm going to be prepared. I'm not... I know I play the stupid... But I mean, you just said not prepared at all. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, I'm going to have me- I'm going to I'm going to talk about something if nobody gives me something to talk about. But I would I would love to go there with you, but I will be I will be busy. Yeah, most people are going to be like working and stuff. Yeah. Right, at their jobs. It happens. But if you're listening, if you're in the area, if you don't have a job, or if you do and it's it's probably more fun than your job to come. Yeah. I will actually be this weekend, not not at that exact time. I'll be flying to Utah that night and going skiing this weekend at Snowbird. So if anybody's there, let me know. And if you see some crazy guy taking jumps with ski boards, um, well, that's me. Presuming good, I can find that. Presuming I can find ski boards in Utah, I don't actually know how available they are. They're hard to find usually. Well, you can always like um, just put put on a snowboard and like go up to like the. No. The highest peak right away and then like fall 30 times on the way down like I do. So snowboarding, they say, takes like three days. And on the third day, it just clicks and you suddenly stop falling. And I had one weekend to ski. Like when I decided I wanted to try snowboarding, I had two days. And the first day, it was just all slamming my knees and my ass on the ground. And I thought to myself, if it really takes three days and I only have two days, I don't want to spend my entire two days failing. So I'm going to switch to skis. And I've never tried snowboarding since. And... uh I did, however, switch to ski boards, and those are awesome. Of course, like I said, I that's probably a lot smarter than what I, I did him. because I don't. I don't think I've put in enough of my dues apparently to yeah. learn how to not uh, fall down. It takes a while. Anyway, that's what I'll be doing. So if you're in in Utah, at snowboard. Let me know. Okay, so back to androids. Androids, specifically, perhaps this game that you were playing, or no? Okay, okay. So I have to. I have to also mention that um, all of my complaining from the last session that you just heard um i went and i i very very carefully scoured through all the games that i could look at on the app store and i was kind of surprised a little bit because i was i was going into this with naive eyes i really wanted to check my preconceptions at the door here and i was like okay like let's see what Let's see you app store, you game store of this Android device. What? Let's see what you got to offer, right? I was completely uninterested in like 99.9% of all the products. They just looked like garbage, like n- nothing that would be interesting to play. Um, well, what sucks is that mobile games, and I wanted to talk about this with, in relation it's, to rig- it's just ridiculous a mess. fishing. It's just like a mess of shareware is what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And you also, because people... They know that you can't sell them for more than a dollar or two, so you have to make just junk. Yeah, and uh, it's so hard to wade through. I mean, like all those those star scores are meaningless. It's so hard to narrow down and wade through what's there to see. Okay, well, you know what's going to actually be interesting to me. Anyway, I finally did find something that looked like it could be interesting to me. Right, so I downloaded this Real Racing Three. Okay. Um, which incidentally, it took me like a couple days to actually download because it's like about two gigs. Yeah, so, it's a big game. Pretty heavyweight tablet game. Um, and so, wow, a lot of interesting things happened. And the first one was that I actually discovered that this was like there's actually like meaningful gameplay in this game. Like it's not just a trick to divorce me from my money the other thing that was really amazing to me is that it's it's a free-to-play game and apparently the previous ones in this series weren't and a lot of people have been very vociferous on the internet complaining about oh well it's free to play so that means they've got all this monetization in there and it's really upsetting there's even there's this article on the verge right and the verge supposedly they're like, you know, the respected outlet. And this guy, I mean, I'm going to call him out right now. This guy named Sam Byford wrote this piece called Real Racing 3 is Ruined by In-App Purchases. And so some of his complaints are that in-app purchases permeate every facet of Real Racing 3. And he also, another quote from him is like, anyone looking for a deep experience will likely feel ripped off. Ripped Here, off from a free game? Here's Here's the irony is that you've heard me how much I despise those kind of monetization things, right? Because they are so anti-gameplay and they are so anti to the meaning of the, the essence of the gameplay experience. Here's the incredible thing. Even though this game was free to play, 
I didn't at one point find that the game was requiring me to buy anything to enjoy it. In fact, I was it was actually I didn't feel like it was long in the tooth in terms of it uh, cajoling me to buy stuff. It wasn't nearly even as bad as what uh, Dirt Three did, right? Because Dirt Three, which is on consoles, does something crazy where it puts uh, it puts in your list of cars in the right in the middle of them cars that you cannot buy unless you pay for it with real money. You can't actually get them in the game. I, I remember that. That's remember showing me that. worse than this tablet game. Because in this tablet game, I was amazed. I mean, I've been playing it for like several hours already, okay? I haven't paid them one penny. And every single thing in this game, you can, you can, um, I mean, there's basically two currencies, right? They have like money and then they have these like the golds is another currency. And apparently this is common. It is common, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, when you win, you get you get money when you win races. And you also get gold sometimes, but not as much. And I'm, I'm starting this game and I'm like, okay, I want to play and see like how, how well do I do without putting in any money at all. And even after so many hours of play, I'm not left feeling like I have to pay any money. I've actually collected a pretty huge stock of cash. I have like a hundred plus thousands of the racing dollars. I've got like 70 or 80 some of the golds, right? And I don't feel like I have to spend any of those. And I'm actually very, very surprised and pleased that I'm playing this game just like a console game, you know? I'm managing my resources just like a standalone resource console game. And even though there's a store where I could go off to the side and pay real money to get any one of these currencies, uh, I've never felt like I had to go in there. And the gameplay experience never cajoles me to actually pay for something with real money. It is all integrated into the game itself. I can't – I'm just – I'm so surprised that free-to-play can be this good. Like they've actually – it feels like they've balanced it at least so far where I can just I can just play normally and ignore the money part, the real money part. So is it that anytime you can buy something, it, it offers you the ability to buy it with one of multiple currencies? So you can either use no. real money or in-game money? No, it's basically like there's a very there's some things. Okay, okay. So basically, you you buy cars, you buy cars, you repair your cars, and you can upgrade your cars, and all that was with like the the in game money currency, right? Yeah. And you get some of that every time you win a race, right? And the golds, like there's a couple of special cars that you can only buy with like an inordinate amount of golds, and I can see where they put these hooks in, right? But these hooks are like big whale hooks right like oh well i can buy i, I mean i'm just going to make up these values but like i can buy the P pagani huayra which is like their super crazy million dollar car for like some like maybe like 900 golds or some exorbitant amount and i can't access that car now right and maybe maybe when i get to the end game right maybe i'll be able to afford it maybe i won't uh, maybe this is a game maybe maybe it's a car that i can only get um, by either playing an inordinate amount, right, like grinding like crazy, or I can pay real money to just get the number of golds I need to buy it. But the thing is, like, that's at the end game, and it's not even apparent to me that I'll ever need that car. Wait, and if, so it's like, if it's like a bonus car that I don't really need to finish the game, I don't, I don't feel bothered by that. So you can't buy these things directly with money, but you can buy gold? With right, real money? right. This is the beautiful thing is that you 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 cannot purchase anything directly with real money. The only thing you can buy with real money is credit. Is credit, right? Which basically, I mean, it's the it's the basically it's the what they call pay to win model or the way that I like to frame it in the way that they've provided this context in this game is that you're basically just paying for game genie codes is what you're doing. You're paying for cheat codes. If you want to pay for cheat codes, you can. But I'm feeling like I can play the game without doing any of that. And it's just a really wonderful I guess feeling. the balance probably comes in with, you know, how much grinding do you have to do to get the next reward? This is really interesting, actually. There's, there's a lot of subtle issues here. And we should save it for 
when we, you know. Indeed. We'll be, we'll be right back. Okay, we're back and refreshed from the break. And uh, what I was saying is that balance in, in these games that allow these microtransactions, right? The uh, I, I've seen games where, hypothetically, you could play the game and get the things that are unlockable with either real money or with credit purchased through real money. Um, but it takes such a ridiculous amount of grinding that basically the only real way to do it is through real money. And um, I imagine if they... If they did make it so it's not super easy to get the reward by playing it, but it it is accessible to someone who plays it, a, you know, a reasonable amount, not an unreasonably long amount of time. That's where it kicks in. And it, it, what's weird is like, I imagine that there's some sort of it wouldn't be a supply and demand curve. But. Here's the really interesting thing to me, right? I'm glad you're bringing all this stuff up because whether free to play is evil or not, now I realize comes down to the details on how the game is balanced. It can be balanced according to not putting in extra cash, or it can be balanced with the assumption that you need to actually pay extra cash to do things like not grind. So I haven't actually felt like I've had to grind for anything so far. And I don't I don't see in the foreseeable future I just said the same thing twice, that that will ever happen. I just don't see it happening with the way – I mean, maybe maybe it will, and I'll report that later if that happens to be the case if I still play this game. But it's – um, yeah, I just – I don't feel like I need to grind. Here's here's the – they're so – oh, they're so fascinating what they've done with this game. So it's I, like, what I'm thinking right now is that when you – when you set out to develop a game, whatever the game is, yeah. right, there's, there's all sorts of um, – characteristics that go into making a game right so you could have someone who's experienced they've worked in in game development for a long time and they understand what players want what you, motivates them what you know what you incentives know are funny. necessary yeah yeah but but this this idea like what we're doing is creating an economy within the game that is unrelated to the actual gameplay but which is intimately tied to it but it's it's a different skill set right like it's an economist brain that's stepping in here not a game developer and i wonder if when deciding how much things should cost and how much reward you should get within the game versus uh, through real currency. I wonder what sort of experience they bring in on the development side to help them fine-tune that and get exactly the right numbers because it makes a huge difference. Well, this is what it looks like they did. To me, it looks like they balanced it for a skilled console-style game player like me because it feels balanced just fine. But here's where the interesting thing comes in. There's two other things that they're doing here. Or there's two other groups that – there's two other things they're doing here that remarkably is not diminishing the experience for somebody like me. Okay, uh, One of them is that like, – like I was referring to a moment ago. They're like they're, – they're giving a couple carrots to people to spend lots of money. But these are not the people who would be – the so-called hardcore gamers, right? For example, there's there's one car that's like one of the most expensive cars in the game and it's on discount now, right? And there's no way – I mean the game just came out apparently. There's no way that anybody has actually gotten the ability to buy that car by just playing the game. So it's, 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 thi- it's a thinly veiled like real money offer that they're giving you. And they've made a special event just for that car that you can only play. So this is obviously like – the way it's set up is, um, in practice, you can you have to buy that car with real money to play this event. 
But that's just an optional event. That's like some kind of stupid promotional event they're doing. I don't care about that. So I'm not going to spend the real money. I'm just going to ignore that. That's not really part of my game. But that's kind of beautiful because it's like they've act- they're getting the people who do pay into the system to basically um, subsidize what I would have paid in the past to play this game. So I don't pay for anything. I get to enjoy the game. And the people who are paying money into the game Right. That's how they that's how the developer makes the profit. And now and they're subsidizing my play. Here's the other thing that's really blew my mind. When when I was working at Rainbow Studios and we started to talk about stuff like microtransactions and stuff like that. Right. When we started thinking about those things so many years ago and how to do them, we always thought as designers that what we would do is design the game so that it could be played perfectly fine without ever having to pay any money into it. And if you wanted to cheat to get ahead, then you could spend real money to do so, right? And that's what they've done here. Here's the incredibly beautiful thing about this is that it's almost like as designers collectively, um, we've, we've like conspired to secretly give the, the so-called hardcore players – a, a way to play a game that's meaningful and they don't have to actually pay for, whereas people who aren't good at the game or just want to see content can then pay money to do to, to get the things that they want from it. It's, it's kind of sublime and beautiful in a way if you think about it, right? Because the hardcore gamers are getting exactly what we want and the people who suck and just want to see stuff and are willing to pay for it are also getting what they want and the developers are getting what they want because... Apparently, it turns out they make more money doing it this way. Yeah, well, here's the thing. What you're saying is basically you need you need something, I'll say, of value in order to obtain value from the game, right? So you either need skill that you have built up ahead of time or that you build up while playing the game, or you have money that you're willing to put in the game, right? So right. You're, you're bringing something to the experience. But what about the person who's not good and poor? This is a... Excellent question, because they're fucked. <laughs> and th- this is the reason why they're fucked. There's, I feel like this is truly a really beautiful analog of what's happened, what, what arcade games used to be like, right? Because what arcade games used to be like was that if you were really good, you could play a long time on just a quarter. The people who sucked had to pay a lot more quarters, and I feel like it is truly the same relationship now. The way, and, and the reason why it's that way is that the way that they've made this game, it's kind of idiosyncratic. I, I'm, I kind of – I think they did this on purpose, right? And I think it's really in, – uh, I don't know. It's kind of ingenious in a way and it's kind of completely unfair in another way because here's what's happened. Um, because I'm a skilled game player, every time I do one of these races, I get a lot more money out of it than somebody who is, let's say, a naive player, right? And so I find the balance to be perfect because I'm at the skill level where I can make enough money per race to have enough resources. The person who's not so good at playing, right, they won't get they might not get enough money to do anything with. They might actually they are in fact the most likely out of all players to feel like they have to add money to the game to progress. So They're at the biggest disadvantage. So this reviewer that you called out earlier, yeah. we can assume he's not good at the game. Well, I think two things are happening. I think one of them is that the the people who aren't good at actually playing games um, are at a severe disadvantage, and he might be one of them. Or two, I feel like there's so much rhetorical backlash at the concept of free-to-play that people are no longer actually looking at what is happening to this product A in actual practice versus just – right? In other words, they're getting just obsessed with the idea of just criticizing the format without actually looking at how it's done. And they're just assuming that it can't ever be done right. And they're, they're carrying that along to everything that they hear about and they're just complaining about it instead of actually looking at it for what it is and analyzing it. So I'm going to ask you a question about this that I want to know the answer to partly because I think it's going to back up a point ma- I made earlier, but also because I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, if the if the game were changed such that 
the amount of game currency that you received per race was not dependent on your performance. Yeah. In other words, you got the same amount regardless of how well you did. Right. Would you feel differently about the game? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't play it. The only reason why I'm playing this game is because it's truly a performance game where I can do better at everyone else because I'm better. And that's what's motivating me to keep playing. Well, I mean, it, if if better or performance is based on progress and you can buy your way through, then it, you're not doing better than other people because you're actually performing better. You're doing better than the people who aren't paying for it. And you're better than them. Right. The thing that's really beautiful is that I'm not even doing better than the people who are paying for it because the the, the wonderful thing that's happened in this game is that a skilled player can actually overcome the upgrades that worse players have applied to their car just by skilled performance. And that's that's just a fantastically incredible feeling. So it really what it it sounds like these guys just balanced it properly as opposed to doing it very poorly. It's a pretty exquisite balance. I am so impressed. And it uh this is the point that I, I said it was reinforcing that um there's a lot of value in tweaking it and getting it just right as opposed to just tacking on the feature of of currency oh, yeah. and virtual economy. Oh, yeah. It's all this is this is proof that it's all in how you do it. It's not just the framework that you're adopting. But there's a couple other details too I want to get into that make it even more interesting. Okay. I think by the way that we're gonna we're gonna retitle the show Chatterbox Pocket. I think that's what we should do. Oh boy. Let's yeah. not let's not go crazy now. Well, because apparently I you have this new device. Maybe we'll just be talking about mobile games for the rest of time. Well, I mean let's not forget this is the only product that I found that actually does this. So I, I think it's probably an outlier. Um this game you mean? Yeah. Okay. But, okay, so a couple, a couple other funny things about it. Uh, one of the things that people complain about is these devices in these, these, uh, this, these new modern games that they make you wait, right? They make you wait like a certain interval of time in real life before you can do something. And you can open that by like using up your gold, which you can buy with real money if you want. But you can also earn that in the game normally without using any real money. So every time you buy, every time you, um, let's see, your car has to do certain maintenance, right? So after X amount of races, you have to do maintenance on it, which costs money, and then you have to wait like five minutes. Every time you buy an upgrade, you have to wait a few minutes too. Um, it's not, un- hold on. So what do you do during the time that you're waiting? Do this, you- is, this is what I'm going to get into. So it's not uncommon that after, let's say, about 10 minutes of play, that you have to do anywhere between like 1 and 15, or even worst cases, maybe even 30 minutes of waiting Well, we're going to go wait about one and a half minutes, and we'll be right back. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. All right, we're back. It's Chatterbox. So I'm just going to get right back into it. Right, right back into it. Yeah. So, first time I encountered this, I was like, what the fuck? I have to wait one minute and a half for this repair. This is so lame. 
and this is what and, and that everyone else complains about it being lame, right? But I want to know what they say. Wait, is it just a timer that appears on the screen? It's, yeah, it's literally just. It'll be like oh, this repair will be finished in three and a half minutes, and it doesn't matter if the game's on. It's just using like the the clock. Okay, and there's nothing you can do in the interim. You can't like race with a different car. Aha! <laughs> when you first start the game, you only have one car. And you can't do anything because while that car is being repaired. But if you have more than one car, you can use your other car. So in the beginning, what I did was um, I used my gold to skip through those waiting periods. You know, you can wait a minute and a half or you can use up one or two gold and you get it repaired right away. You spent money on time? I spent gold. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's money. Um that surprises me. But it's not right. That's that other currency that you don't get as much of. Yeah. Um, Which is why I'm surprised you were willing to give it up for something so trivial as waiting. Well, it was an experiment because I was like, because I wanted to see once again if I could play just as if this was a console game unhindered, right? And if I, I wanted to see if I was going to run up against me running out of resource and having to refresh or if I could just always avoid that by skill. And it turns out so far, I pretty much can. Um, yeah, I spent a few gold at the beginning when I just had one car, but then I got a second car pretty quickly. And I don't. I feel like now it's it's kind of strange. I still feel like it's a strange device, and it's definitely just there, just as an opportunity to give people a chance to spend more money if they don't want to wait. That's the only reason why it's there. It's completely... Well, it also forces you, well, encourages you to get a second car. Well, it does that. It encourages you to do that. And it also encourages you to wait and not play the game all the time. But now think about this. So let's say you don't care about the waiting because you have multiple cars, but now you're worried about upgrading multiple cars. So you're spending more coins to do more upgrades. That's wild. That is genius. Whoever thought this through well, what do you is think more that, than a game designer. But what do you think about it as genius? You mean about the economy of it? Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Encouraging people to spend money, giving people incentive to spend money is, I mean, it's what goes on every day in the minds of everybody you think of in suits Yeah, yeah. But the thing, the thing that's blowing like, my mind is that it's actually not – so here's, here's the pattern of playing that I've adopted – to deal with this, right? And I don't feel actually really encumbered by it. You know, I'll play a session and it could be even like for a couple hours, right? I've got like a stable of three cars now. Um, I'll just put two, a couple, like one or two on repair while I'm driving the other ones. When I'm done my session, right? Or if I feel like I'm kind of getting tired of playing my session, right? I do it in a way so that like I'm just going to like queue up a bunch of repairs and I'm not going to play the game for a while. So even though I've got like at the end of my session, maybe I have three cars being repaired all at once. Right. Uh, and I can't actually play the game. I don't want to play the game anymore. I'll take a break. And by the next time I start the game up, it'll be just like normal. So I don't feel encumbered by this and I can see why they're doing it to cajole other people into paying money. Uh, but I'm most surprised by the fact that I just, I don't feel like it's actually any burden on me. It's very easy to work around. Since they start you with one car, it feels a little bit evil to me. They don't actually start you with one car. They start you with the quantity of money with which you can purchase only one car. Okay. Well, I think they should give you the ability to like take a loaner car or give you enough money to buy two cars at the beginning yeah. so that this waiting but this the wait thing time is, can be avoided. But you start out with like 30 gold, and I only had to do like two or three repairs. Here's the funny part. I used the same car at the beginning. It got all jacked up. It needed all kinds of repair. I let all the repair status go to the worst possible. And I was like, I just want to see how I can do with this car and never repair it. And I still won races and I still won money. In the beginning, it's easy enough that even with a car you just decide to never repair, you can still build up enough cash. And I'm just, once again, right, no matter how I cut it, I am not left needing to pay real money to enjoy this game. I just I can't get over the the incentive that they generated there. Yeah. With the with the wait time. I would I would it would not have hit me. Like what could be done with that? Oh. 
Well, that's um, that's why they do it in you know those Farmville games and stuff like that. I mean, they have basically that's where that those are games I've never played before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- this structure is not new, so they've actually kind of copied in a way that structure from the the Farmville. Oh style yeah, because you have to like plant seeds and wait for them to grow. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. So this thing wasn't EA's idea. You know, it's been borrowed many times. This is kind of like the standard way of doing things in in this kind of monetization scheme. Um, there's one more thing I want to talk about about this product. Okay. And this is possibly the most fascinating thing about it. So they have this system, right? It's kind of like a marketing thing. What they're calling it is time-shifted multiplayer, okay? And what th- the way that they frame it is that you're actually – you're playing um, basically – clones of other people who've done those events and you're racing against their times but you're not actually playing with them live you're playing with a so-called time shifted clone of their previous performance what appears to be happening and i'm saying appears just because from what i've been able to just observe is that basically what they're doing is something like they're keeping track of everybody registered in the game and what times they're getting on what events and then they're saying, okay, now you're going to race against this player. And he got like a two-minute lap time last time. So now you're going to race against the two, uh, computer player whose target time is going to be two minutes. So it's not the exact same. You're not playing against a copy of their lap. You're playing against the computer player who's going to perform around that level. That sort of makes sense, right? Because if you were just playing against their clone... They would have to remove collision from it because two players could well could take I mean, up the same space at the same time. It's kind of ingenious in a way, and there's a lot of complicated things like that. But here's the effect, and this is the fascinating thing, is that you know we know we know that this generation of players who's brought up with these Mickey Mouse casual games, they're no good at games, right? I guess, yeah, yeah. But then we also know it's, out there... It's ironic that you would say that, that you, because you recently <laughs> made a small game with Mickey Mouse well, in it. We, we also know that there are some people out there who are still really good at games. Some, can yes. You, can you possibly imagine where I'm going with this? Uh, no. This is what happens. This is the effect, is that at least in the beginning... Um, Everybody that you're playing against, because they're lame casual gamers who have not been brought up with core gamer performance values, and they're not good at games, they all suck. It's just so easy to pass them. You can pass, you can, I mean, like, I'll be, there'll be a race of, like, 22 cars, and I'll be, like, 20 seconds ahead of all of them. Okay. I think it's because there's so many casual, non-serious, non-skilled players at the beginning I think playing. that's going to happen anytime you play a free-to-play game. Yes. Most people are going to suck. Yes. But here's the bad side effect part of it is that every once in a while, there's a session that you go in where they'll be like the first or second place cars are like miles ahead of the pack. Yeah, you're one of them. I'm one of them. And they're one of them too. And it's it's become so apparent that there's like this small subset of gamers who are really good. And everybody else just doesn't even know what they're doing, and it hasn't it hasn't been a deal breaker for me yet. But there's been a couple of times when y'all go into the race and I'll get that Gran Turismo feeling where there's just this one car that's just its performance is so good that I know that I just I can't catch up to it no matter what. And I'll just I'll just quit the level right then and there and then like maybe just decide to come back to it later. I think cuz I think you get a different set of opponents every once in a while. You'd rather so. not play than than maybe get second place. Oh no, 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 yeah, because I know I can't win. Yeah, but get second place then. Um it's not worth it. There's other there's a, there's so many there's like hundreds of events in this game. So I feel like if I'm not playing if I can't get first, if I know I can't get first, I'd rather I'll just play another event where I think there'll be a chance where I can get first. Interesting. It's just my way of playing the game efficiently. Okay. I do like the idea that you can play the game kind of against other people or feel like you're playing against other people. Yeah. Without having to actually play with them because we all know trying to play with people live is a giant pain in the butt because there's disconnections, there's lag. Oh, and and also all sorts of problems. And I mean that's not even that doesn't even begin, right? To 
explain all the problems. I mean, there's the, it's funny because the computer cars, right? They're co- they're computer controlled with target lap times of real people, and they'll. I mean, nobody solved this problem in racing games. I feel like um, they will they will just you? sideswipe you. They'll be alongside you, and they will just push you out to the edge of the track. They don't care where you are. They it's no there are no good computer opponents because they just they can't figure out how to make computer opponents drive in the way that real race car drivers do. They just can't do it. I thought you were going to complain that human drivers are the ones that are crappy. Well, the human drivers are crappy too, but nothing can even come close to a human driver who's actually experienced. There's and yeah, I mean there's just there's just no comparison. All right. So they'll do stupid things. They'll like push you off the track and stuff like that. And so you have to sometimes you have to play bumper cars. Um, but it's I mean I'm kind of expecting that for most racing games these days anyway. All right. Well, I'm I'm curious for other people who have Android devices to play this game. I, it's probably on iOS as well. I could I think so. Get it. But um, we are approaching the end of the show. I want to remind everyone, because I didn't mention it again, uh, UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, where you are going to be on Friday morning. That's right. Friday, what, the 22nd, I think? Yeah, I think so. If you guys want details, you know how to email us. Just get in contact, and um, we'll tell you how to get there. Yep. Or, uh, or find us on Facebook. I also want to ask people to post to Facebook what they think of ridiculous fishing. I've seen a lot of people talking about it, people putting it on face on well, on my personal Facebook profile about how it's a good game and it's awesome. And I, just before the show started, I watched some reviews of it from IGN and stuff, and I I wanted to talk about it this show and we ran out of time. Um, not about ridiculous fiction fishing in general, but these just score based games. It's it's going back to like the old days of arcade games with Pac Man and stuff, and how I personally don't like them very much. And uh, yeah, I haven't actually I haven't tried out Ridiculous Fishing, but I watched some videos. It looks like I would have fun with it for five minutes and then stop. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I would keep playing. I'm curious to see what you think if you have played it. And if you haven't played it, what uh, what you think you would think if you did play it. So post that to our Facebook, and uh, we'll be back next week. Good afternoon, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.